This is the Healthcare Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you information, education, and inspiration, only on market scale. No industry, including sick care, can be fixed from inside. Instead, they've responded to external stimuli. For every one hour that they spend on patient care, the thing that got them interested in medicine to begin with, they're spending up to two hours on EHR data entry. We're seeing a lot of great things, particularly around the ability to predict things that clinicians and consumers care about. Inhale, exhale. Time for your healthy dose. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. The healthcare world has only scratched the surface of its digital transformation. AI, IoT technology, and innovative medical devices are starting to become an integral part of a healthcare professional's day-to-day operations, and that includes in perioperative medicine. The virtualization of the operating room is giving patient care providers more detailed data to work with, helping them better coordinate procedures, communicate real-time information on patient status, and promote efficient team collaboration, which in turn is leading to reduced costs and improved focus on patient experience. With such an exciting future for perioperative medicine, what is getting in the way of this technology reaching ubiquity? The answer lies in interoperability. Steve Plogger, Senior Vice President of Diversified's Medical Innovation Group, joined us on the podcast to break down why the medical device market is struggling with interoperability, gives insight on what products are the most exciting in the space, and where medical device engineers and healthcare professionals should keep the surrounding conversation. All right, Steve, welcome to the podcast. Great to have you in the Dallas studio. How are you doing today? Great. Glad to be here. Yeah, this is your first time at MarketScale. First time in the studio. Is this your first podcast as well? Uh, yes to all the above. All right. I love it. I'm excited. And we're going to be chatting about the virtualization of the operating room, which is really exciting. And I think before we dig into the coolest technological trends and how it's reflective of some issues in commoditization of the technology, as well as issues with interoperability, I'd like to get more of a history of what the operating room felt like without this technology first. Yeah, well, there's a myriad of, of, of technology inside the operating room. And when you look back at history, there's right. a tremendous amount of, of uh, amazing uh, technologies that are used for patient care, surgical applications. Sure. The challenge is, is that you have a team inside the perioperative suite, the operating room, that really are not necessarily physically over the patient. So information may be on one wall or another wall. Okay. And there's other resources that are highly dependent on uh, having knowledge about what the status is of that particular surgical procedure. And so it's really a very fragmented environment. And so uh, the opportunity to virtualize that that ecosystem really creates a, a, a paradigm shift with regard to ensuring that real-time information regarding that patient is available to all the key patient care stakeholders right. uh, at the same time. And I think in real time is the key word here. Would you agree? It is. It is. And the challenges in the medical device world is, you know, these, these companies that make this, these products are just absolutely amazing and, and what they're able to do nowadays. The challenge becomes is, is as they build these solutions, 
they they design them to work with their other uh, technologies. And so um, in many cases, you know, a particular company may make the best product for a certain application, but yeah. in, in another application, another company may make a, a little bit better product, right. at least in the eyes of the, of the clinical team members. And so the, the ability to have those different assets work together mm-hmm. inside of that perioperative department is just paramount uh, yeah. to improving patient care and outcomes. Definitely. So explain to me a bit more which aspects of that operating room are being virtualized and why? Yeah, it's really, it's a paradigm shift into the operating room because, well, you know, what we're doing is, is, you know, we're looking at these different technologies and and our objective is, is to help ensure that they um, are interoperable, meaning that they can connect together in in a seamless method so that all that real-time content is available to any stakeholder, regardless of physical location. And right. so, um, you know, the ability to be able to accomplish that is just paramount to improving uh, patient outcomes, uh, efficiency for staff to drive costs down, and quite frankly, to help the hospital to use the assets that they've invested significant amounts of money in, as well as being forward compatible with new technologies that they want to invest in. Right. Does this technology help better communicate to the patients as well so that they feel more informed? It can. It can, and that's certainly another element. Um, You know, step one is really to ensure that the the caregivers have the right information at the right time to uh, impact that care. And then secondary to that, and and nowadays reimbursements with regard to uh, patient care is certainly tied to patient experience. And quite frankly, that extends beyond just the patient because obviously they're sedated, they're asleep. Uh, So the family members, so communicating statuses automatically is, is, is quite frankly almost equally important. Right. Well, especially when, I mean, the operating room and and being in that environment is already pretty stressful uh, for family members or anyone who is there waiting on results. So any technology that can make that communication more efficient, I think, well, it's not only great for those people who are concerned, but it just improves trust in the whole system, which is really important. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's you know, if you're doing a, a shoulder uh, surgical procedure, you know, you've done one, you've done a hundred, you've done a thousand, but it, invariably there's always nuances associated with each right. procedure and having the capability to work through those uh, in real time, yet still be able to communicate that this case is going 15 minutes longer than it should, so you automate that the delivery of information to the family so they're not panicking, not concerned that something's gone wrong, you're taking longer than you're supposed to. And quite frankly, what happens is is the the staff gets bogged down with trying to answer questions when they don't even have the information to really properly and effectively, you know, address those concerns that the family has. Right. So automating that real-time delivery of information is absolutely paramount. Definitely. So let's go back to the technology that is assisting the caregivers. And I want to dig into a challenge that seems interesting to me because it's not really reflective in other industries right now. And I'd say that's interoperability of devices. And the reason I say that is because in conversations I've had with people in Pro-AV and IoT and building management, when they're talking about smart buildings and smart homes, the trend right now is getting rid of the black box and technology that is open sourced and does its duty, but knows that it can interact with other technology and other companies that does something else a little better or a little differently. It doesn't really take that 
as an offense. And that's something that maybe we're not seeing totally in the medical device industry. Um, there's just an issue with companies creating products that aren't interoperable with uh, products from other companies. So walk me through that trend, uh, why you think it's like that in healthcare, and sort of what effect it's having on this virtualization of the operating room. Yeah, so it's, that's an interesting question. And, and you know, quite frankly, the medical device industry as a whole, uh, it's it, by design, unfortunately, um, as new technologies are created, and, and these phenomenal companies create these solutions, mm-hmm. quite frankly, they design them to ensure interoperability with their own portfolio, their right. own other products. And so, you know, by design, they don't necessarily incorporate the ability to be able to integrate with other uh, competitive products because it's sort of against the grain as it relates to their whole strategy of right. sell everything in their portfolio and drive, you know, solution sets that really helps to expand their market share. So it really creates a challenge for the the literally the consumer of healthcare, us, um, and quite frankly, the hospital, because, you know, as they invest in, in these technologies, the ability to be able to bring that in and integrate it into their ecosystem makes it very challenging because they're not designed to be inter- interoperable. It's a pretty significant challenge for us. I mean, there's different methods that are integrated into these systems that prevent the ability to be able for them to connect, mm-hmm. like using proprietary video formats mm-hmm. or proprietary software. Um, we're not an open architecture world, unfortunately, in the medical yeah. device world. So by design, uh, we have a pretty significant chasm to uh, overcome. So cybersecurity is a major concern in our marketplace because of the, the people who are perpetrating these issues um, in penetrating these um, environments uh, realize that medical devices inherently have never worried about being secure. Right. Yet they have patient demographic information, date of birth, right. all kinds of great information that literally is a is a wealth of opportunity for you know folks that are trying to steal that information. Mm-hmm. But you know, no, it, unfortunately, it's not so much that. It's really more the fact that the companies are really trying to ensure that they increase their market share in their entire portfolio, and so. Therefore, they're trying to design solutions that are uh, complementary to their core product offerings yeah. and, and continue to expand their market share. And, and by virtue of, of driving that initiative, it sort of keeps the competitors at bay. So it's kind of a different uh, rationale as to why that is a, a common occurrence in right. the market. And to me, it almost makes sense that we're at this stage with the medical device industry because... I think technology in healthcare moves a little slower than in other industries due to a lot of regulation and due to, I mean, you don't want to implement some sort of technology in the space that you haven't fully tested or you aren't fully confident is going to be beneficial because you have people's lives at at risk here. So do you think that in the next few years, you'll start to see more of a trend of of technology that between company and company will be more interoperable in the space? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, I think, I don't know if I'd use the term years, it might take a little longer than yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the, it, there are some standards that have been established in the marketplace. So yeah. for uh, le, um, medical record systems, CMRs, mm-hmm. um, they've established an HL7 standard, which means that if, if one software application needs to talk to another, then there's literally a table 
tool that that tells them how to translate uh, one platform information to another platform's information. And they, back in the 80s, there was a standard that was established globally called DICOM, and that helped to share uh, patient information that was uh, acquired through MRI or CT or interventional imaging yeah. applications that put it on a common platform called PAC so that uh, physicians could go to a single workstation and view different um, patient records that were acquired through different brand of uh, imaging platforms. And so there, there are some standards in place, but you know that's in the 80s, and here we are today. And if you look at the imaging world, uh, there's a phenomenal standard that's been adopted globally, but if you look in the surgical world, there is no standard for image archive um, other than wanting to try to get it into the electronic medical record so that it can be at least accessed through there. So uh, we still got a ways to go. I think you know that's kind of sharing of information is one thing, but but creating the interoperability of one medical device made by one company to another is a completely different uh, discussion. Yeah, a very complex uh, challenge. It sure is, and I understand the reasoning for wanting to, you know, create something supplemental to a core product as a company. Uh, but you know, I guess it's it's waiting and seeing where the future of medical devices. Why? Are you seeing the interoperability helping bring prices down or bring prices up? So what's the state of we're that? Really, it, well, interoperability, um, the benefit and the value of interoperability is, is, is it reduces the hospital's costs because they can now ensure that the investments they've made in, in technology is compatible with new technology that they're bringing in. So right. that's going to help uh, ensure that they don't have to purchase Again, something they've already invested in. And we're talking, you know, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, and millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. So being able to leverage that existing infrastructure and those existing assets is absolutely paramount. Right. Um, and, and, of course, it's all about patient outcomes, right? At the end of the day, the hospital wants to best invest in the best of breed technology right. at the least possible cost so they can drive the absolute uh, best patient outcomes possible. And that's really what it's all about. So being able to drive efficiency efficiencies by delivering real-time information right. where and when the stakeholder needs it in a format that they need it automatically is just absolutely paramount to helping to drive those costs down. You know, we have another barrier, if you will, on the medical device development side in that you know, as we develop these new technologies and want to deploy them to market, and we need them to be interoperable with existing technology that's already out there, right. you know, companies aren't going to go buy their competitors' products, bring it in, and validate their solution against those competitors. A, it's too costly, and B, it's sort of against the grain, if you will. So, it, and, and also, we're regulated by the, the Food and Drug Administration. We have yeah. to go through very uh, rigorous uh, quality management system processes. So, it really really puts a whole different spin on, on our whole uh, business model and our whole uh, work product as it relates to how we bring new technology to market. In a smart home application, you know, you want to have this new capability. Um, you see a lot of it with regard to the interoperability between the control system and these various devices that can sense whether doors open or windows right. open or a video camera and communicate with it. So they are, they want to be empowered to connect to 
all this because they know that this um, homeowner has already invested in some of these other technologies. So if they want to get their platform in, the more interoperable they are with all these other platforms, Mm -hmm. the better off they are and the higher opportunity or greater the opportunity is for them to actually secure that business, win that customer's business. In our world, in the medical device world, that's not quite true because it's, it's such a different model. So, yeah. So, you know, one of the challenges, you know, kind of playing off of that. So, interoperability with the medical devices, uh, you know, if we're sitting down to develop a new endoscopic technology or a new imaging application, then, you know, we're sort of looking at that as it relates to the value that it provides to patient care. We're not looking at it as it relates to, you know, uh, the number one requirement specification being how does it integrate with everything else in the world. Right, exactly. It's really what is the value of it as it relates to uh, helping improve patient care or drive improved patient outcomes. That's the criteria. Right. Then the secondary element is how does this integrate with the existing architectures that are already existing in that in that right. space. Right, which obviously that first criteria is even more paramount in healthcare is really seeing what is the even the value of bringing this in before we ever think about can this integrate with anything else or should we invest time, energy, technology, money into finding ways to integrate it. I think it's incumbent on us in the medical device world to look for how we can deliver technology that does help the hospital to save money, reduce costs, be more efficient, deliver content when and where they need it, help drive improved patient outcomes, and ultimately we're going to benefit in two ways, improved care, improved outcomes as it relates to our personal needs, and hopefully even reduce costs. And, And obviously everybody knows health insurance premiums continue to rise on a year-over-year basis. So it's, you know, we've got to find ways and means to help contribute to reducing those costs. Right. And it's just great that everyone's on that same page of making it as seamless, as efficient as possible. Yeah, that's the key, is it? Yeah. And it really is efficiency because, it, you know, cost, the more, you know, it's hospitals are no different than businesses have been for years. Mm-hmm. They've got to do more with less, right? You have right. to be very efficient. Uh, lean, mean, fighting machine, as the saying goes. Mm-hmm. And hospitals really have to be the same. You know, they're doing the same thing. You know, they have what they refer to their labor hours are called full time equivalents, FTEs. And of right. course, what they're looking for is how to, I'm only being reimbursed a certain dollar value on a particular procedure. So if it takes me, two times more labor hours uh, to do that procedure than at the hospital down the street may be a little more profitable in that particular uh, scenario. All right. Well, Steve, I really want to thank you for joining us on the podcast and giving us your insight on the virtualization of the operating room. Uh, You know, though, I think there still are some challenges with finding that interoperability between these medical devices. I I think we've come to the consensus that at the end of the day, we should be focusing more on where are we investing our time and money and energy into, you know, into our technology that's actually going to benefit people and is actually going to uh, have some added value and isn't just a science project or isn't just something that people might on a whim think could, could add some value. It's really something that the entire industry says, yes, this is going to help make care more efficient. It's going to help improve communication. It's going to make it a better experience for the patient. And that's what matters at the end of the day. So. Yeah, I want to thank you so much for coming on and giving this insight. Thank you, Daniel. Appreciate you having me here today. Absolutely. And thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode. And if you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. And make sure to leave a rating and a comment on wherever you listen to your podcast content. 
I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.